listeners, and welcome to the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast, UEFA Nation League Special. It's a special. It's because it's fun, fun, fun. Oh, we've got so many fun things for you today. Oh my god. Do you remember when we started this podcast, Joel? No. I can tell you, it was... <laughs> Dead on a year ago. Dead on? In fact, I think next week is our year anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. We'll release an episode on that day, but more about that later. Yeah. Uh, We started this podcast to fill people in about the World Cup with factoids, fun stats, silliness. And sexy men. And sexy men. But before we talk about men, Joel, uh, let's talk about one very special lady. Oh my God, are we jumping ahead to the Women's World Cup? Far from it. Oh, right. (laughs) I met the Queen. Hold... The phone. What? <laughs> well, we've not been on for a few weeks. No, we've had uh, precisely four weeks off. Exactly. And in that time, I had a job which involved me meeting the Queen dressed as a 1903 meat and poultry man. <laughs> not me. No, sorry. Me, not the Queen. <laughs> she was dressed as the Queen. <laughs> what's, the, what's the Queen outfit like? Is it good? She wears, invariably, a nice hat, a sort of tunic jacket with a dress underneath. Sick. Uh, gloves. Um, she was very witty and droll. She is an excellent chit-chatter, small talk extraordinaire. I wasn't that bothered about meeting her. I ended up being quite impressed. Oh, there you go. Good. Well, I've, I've, I've been up to nothing. I've done nothing. I've done nothing. Have you met no one royal this month? Nope. No one royal for me this month. Sorry about that, listeners. I've got no updates. So, in fact, I think we should just... just... Just, you know, screw people updating people with our lives, other than that amazing factoid that you met the Queen. (laughs) I just jumped straight to what we're doing today, which is the fun, 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 UEFA Nations League. What the hell is the UEFA Nations League? Okay, let's cast our minds back. We came back for Series 2 after the World Cup. Yes, we I had an episode that. on uh, on oh the Nations God, League. Oh my God, we did. Now, we had a quick listen to it. Yep. Brief recap. A completely pointless tournament, yep. which uh, has its inaugural finals this summer. This week, right now. Literally uh, right now. There we're, are only four games. We're recording this just minutes before watching one of the first games. So by the time we tell you all these facts that we've got lined up for you for about what, about two of these teams, we'll have already you'll have probably already seen one of the uh, one of the games. But we thought you would be blown away by some more interesting facts in seeing this before you watch what is the first ever Nations League. You want to know what to say? Yep. What to think? Yeah. Don't worry about thinking. Don't worry. We've got that covered for you. We cover thinking. Let's get ahead of it. We'll get ahead of it just after this. <laughs> Kyle, I know we need to jump in and start hitting our listeners with some facts and factoids a la our initial birth last summer during the World Cup. You know, it's our anniversary next week. We said. Did we? All yep. oh, right, good. Anywho, uh, before we do that, what just what is the Nations League Cup? What is it? Tell me what it is. What, what, what are we going to win? What is, what is it? It's Holland, Switzerland, Portugal and England, and they are playing for... In a word, fun. Fun. In another word, nothing. Nothing, um, right. Okay, so you get nothing if you win. They, You get nothing if you win, but it was invented, the Nations League, as a fun alternative to an endless amount of pointless friendlies. Right. It's a new competitive tournament where the winners of the top groups, where the teams confusingly enough are in groups of three and are in then in tables or pools of separated by um their coefficient in fifa bear with me the top four <laughs> teams i'm remembering why i don't understand what the nation's league in is <laughs> pool a go to the finals right. which is just an excuse for a little mini tournament great uh, it's being held in portugal portugal are in the final with as you said netherlands switzerland and england amazing and you know what would be good seeing as it's being held in portugal if we could come up with some catch now 
know you're gonna have to cast your mind back quite far. Oh, yeah. But last summer we were we were on the ball with our uh, uh, factoids. Uh, we named them after some brilliant Russian things because the World Cup was in Russia. Ah, so maybe this time because it's in Portugal. We can come up with some similar things. You got anything off, off the top of your head that might work? Uh, well, last time we had a um, Putin's Pravda points. Yeah, well, so it's going to be something like something that's interesting for things that you might want to talk about. In the, mm, I'm, a, I'm at a loss, Carl. You got anything? Well, how about Cristiano Rondigino? I can't believe you just came up with that off the top of your head. That's amazing. So, for every team, we will come up with a Christian Rondigino fact, which will be something that you can amaze people with, or just bring up casually if you're not a football fan and you're being forced to watch the pointless UEFA Nations League. And what about for those most valuable players in each team, John? Oh, that's hard. I can't think of what a... Just off the top of my head, most valuable... Lisbon Lions. (laughs) Do that again. Your lion, so a, your, lion, uh, your lion is terrible. We just picked that because it, not just because it's two words that begin I just, with L. I just made it up. It's because the Lisbon Lions were a famous Celtic team that won in Lisbon. But anyway, it anyway, sounds good. It's good. It sounds great. It sounds great. Well, that's good. Um, that's good. Well, what about? Um, I mean, what about those players who, in a very small mini tournament, might you know bring about drama, might screw everything up, might just have a real disciplinary problem? We've got a name for them. I got it. What's that? Portuguese man of war. <laughs> that's superb. Which I think I is think... a type of scary jellyfish. That's good. I mean, I thought you were going to say luge cannon, but uh, oh, like a loose cannon, yeah. but with the Portuguese word for light. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Let's go with both. Let's go. <laughs> what about for the hot Trotskys? Oh, the sexy men. The men that we just really think are the players that will catch your eye over the next few days. Um, I've got it. Go for it. Portuguese tart. Oh, that's fabulous. I like a Portuguese tart. Do you know what they're actually called, though? No. Natas. Oh, oh, like pastry de nata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know what would be good then for Portuguese tarts? What? Natta bad-looking man. (laughs) That's better. And Um, we'll be introducing us, also introducing you to our special guest this week. After this. Everyone's talking about the football. Do you want to talk with me about football? Yeah. <sighs> oh, that's a big sigh. I've got some bad news. Oh, no. I promised you a special guest. Yeah. She can't make it. Oh, who was coming? The Queen. Oh, uh, but you you met her, like, recently. She promised me she was available tonight. Yeah? She must have something on with Trump. Oh, Yeah. She's got some kind of dinner with Trump. Do you know how much the red wine cost at the Trump banquet that the Queen laid on? Uh, uh, the Queen's banquet, banquet or the American Embassy banquet? The Queen's banquet. How much was a bottle of red? £1,139 a bottle. How many do they have? I uh, didn't see that fact. I just stopped at the 1139 So that's why you're not here. <laughs> you're mad. S- suffering. That's the... That's the Queen's chatbot. That was very posh. Thank you. I was quite pleased with it. It's Portugal. Portugal time. I'm going to tell you about Portugal, the host. I'm not going to start with the Rondigino. I'm going to end with it. The Ron- You've already lost the Cristiano Ron part oh, of it. It's just Cristiano the- Rondigino. Cristiano <laughs> I'm going to start with the Lisbon-, Lisbon Lion. Who is the Portuguese Lisbon Lion for the Nations League, Carl? Well, I'm really hoping that he plays tonight. Um, he's only 19 years old. His name is João Felix. João Felix, never heard of him? You've never heard of him? No. Is he, he play for? He plays for Benfica. Exciting. He is a sort of mixture between a number nine and a number ten. He's been compared to the Brazilian player, Kaka. Oh, Kaka, whose name means feces. 
What? Yeah, literally. It's the kind of like joke that they had. Oh, is it? Is it like an ironic name that he's just like hot shit? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know what Zhao Felix means. Means. Hey, Felix. But it makes me think of that that black cat. Yeah. Felix. <laughs> is that what happens when he scores? I think that's what Ronaldo says to him. Oh, Felix. So he is. I think I said he's nineteen, didn't I? You did. But I think people are only calling him Kaka because he looks like Kaka. To explain for our non-football listeners, what's a cross between a nine or ten? Uh, it's an attacker, a striker. Yeah. But not the frontline striker, like a number nine. That would be a Alan Shearer. Would be a classic. Mm. Behind Alan Shearer, so. Classically, you're Teddy Sheringham. Like a deep, deep lying forward, but who can push on and score goals. Oh, absolutely. And is he scoring goals for Benfica, Xavi? He scored 20 goals this season. Bang. And he got 11 assists. Bang. And he's 19. One for the future. I think he's going to move to the Premier League. We'll be seeing Jao Felix quite a lot. Oh, Felix. Felix, why is your buyout 120 million euros, Felix? Whoa, are you kidding? No, I'm not. Wow. That's and Benfica a... are very confident that a club is going to match that this summer. That's exciting. And so this is his last chance to put himself in the shop window. That's their Lisbon line. Exciting stuff. Um, he's also the youngest hat-trick scorer in Portuguese history in European competition. Not international, I should say. For Benfica, he scored a hat-trick in the Europa League this season. Even a certain other uh, Portuguese uh, legend didn't do that before, yeah. João Felix. Cristiano, no, he did not. Shall we move on to my Portuguese man of war slash luge cannon? <laughs> yeah. So my, my... I sort of feel like I'm not listening to the, what they are. I just wait for the puns. So my, <laughs> my gut was... Again, to go with Pepe, but I think that I, we chose him for our... Um, yeah, and we were proved right. Uh, I can't remember. Is he in the squad, Pepe? For this one? Mm. Uh, big time. Big time. Does he start? Uh, he is... There's, there's only got three centre-backs to play in two positions in this tournament. They only picked three. Um, so one of Pepe or uh, the other two that I'm going to list are going to miss out. But I've gone, I've gone for the... Uh, the other one, the the young one. I think he's going to be the Luz Cannon, the Portuguese man of war. His name, Ruben Dias. Ruben Dias. Never heard of him either. Ruben Dias, another Benfica star, at 22 years old. Jeez. Another one being linked with a big move this summer, maybe to Manchester. Oh, hello. But I've got a fear that he's going to be undone by Pepe. <laughs> Pepe will. So what you're basically saying is you didn't want to pick Pepe. For anyone who doesn't know about Pepe, Pepe is, he's quite something in world football. He's one of those players who is as likely to punch you in the nose as he is to fall over and pretend that he's been punched in the nose. And I don't know anyone who has a nice word to say about him. There's not many players who have been called world class and a joke in the same game. Yeah, and that is very much Pepe. That is Pepe. So what you're saying is you wanted to choose Pepe, but having chosen Pepe before, you didn't feel like you could choose Pepe again. So you arbitrarily chose Ruben Diaz, but what you really mean is Pepe. I think at Pepe's age... It doesn't matter if he is or isn't. It's a da- it could be damaging, more damaging to our man Ruben Diaz to have a bad tournament. Mm. Um, and I think that Pepe could throw him under the bus with some bad passes. Yes, indeedy. Let's move on to my Portuguese tart. Not a bad looking man. Uh, Jose Sa. Jose Sa. Let's have a deco. Let me have a little look at Jose Sa. Here he is. He's a reserve goalkeeper. Oh, love the orange beard. He's... So, listeners, I'm looking at I'm looking at someone with a very good, sh- a high shave. Uh, it's like a zero around the sides into kind of a, a mop top. And then that beard is distinctly a different colour to his hair. And I, that str- makes him very striking. 
You don't often see a, a ginger beard like that. A ginger beard with a darker coloured hair. No, a fully ginger beard as well. It's not even like, it's almost like he's tinted it. I mean, sure he hasn't. But that's the sort of vibe he's giving off. I think he's quite a handsome, striking man. Yeah. Another option for you here. Okay. That's Mario Rui. Okay. <laughs> Mario Rui. Okay. Now, he plays for Napoli. Sure. Um, and Are you sure about him? <laughs> I like his moustache. <laughs> he has this very strong moustache. I think he mustache. looks very Italian. Yes, he doesn't look Portuguese since at he all. plays in Italy. You feel like he's adopting Italian mannerisms and therefore looking less Portuguese. Yeah, there's something about there's something about his machismo that's turning me on. Turning, I mean, I hopefully it'll turn us listeners on. What's his name again? Mario Rui. Mario Rui. So if you're watching Portugal at 7:45 on Wednesday, the 5th of June, check out Mario Rui. You've definitely got more chance of seeing him than Saar. Saar is a reserve goalkeeper. Well, it might cut to the bench if Portugal score and show a shot of the reserve goalkeeper with his fetching ginger beard, jumping up and celebrating. Why not? So, Kyle, final category. Hit me up with your Cristiano Rondigino. I thought it was Cristiano Rondigino. It is. It's Cristiano. <laughs> I got it wrong. <laughs> anyway, these are themed in homage to the name of this category. Cristiano Ronaldo, Cristiano Raldigino. Well, hold on now. I'm pretty sure I did this last year. Yeah, but year. I've done ones you didn't. <laughs> okay. How old do you think Ronaldo was at the last tournament that Portugal won? They could easily win this one. It's just two games. There's two semi-finals and then a final. 28. He was 19. Holy hell. The same age as? João Felix. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Felix. It's Felix's time to shine. Uh, <laughs> now, Portugal qualified for this tournament without Ronaldo in their team. Right. In fact, before he came back to the team in March, he, he actually missed six games in a row. Oh, wow. So, Ronaldo... Do we need him? Do we do, do, do Portugal need Ronaldo? Answer probably yes. I mean, everyone needs Ronaldo, right? He finished his season with twenty-eight goals, okay, which is his lowest tally domestically. That means not for an international team, for his club Juventus in Italy, with only twenty-eight goals. That's his lowest tally in ten years. That's still a huge amount of goals. Twenty-eight goals in a season. It is. But just not for him, because his standards are so insanely high. So there we have some facts about Ronaldo. We always talk about Ronaldo. We're always thinking about Ronaldo. Who isn't? Is this his last big tournament? I mean, is, is it this a his big... last minor tournament? I was going to say, there's two problems with that. <laughs> One, probably not his last tournament. Two, definitely not a big tournament. And is that your Portugal facts all summed up? I've got a couple of things I'd like to do for all the countries, Joel. Okay, go on then. I've got, popul- I've got Portugal's population. What do you think it is? Portugal's population. Uh, I know two Portuguese people, and by that logic, I'm going to say 3.8 million. 10 million. Okay. And what is their national dish? The uh, meat in sauce. It has some meat, not in a sauce, in a soup. It's called caldo verde. (laughs) And it's a Portuguese cabbage, which is close to kale, but you can only get it in Portugal. Uh, And it's made of that cabbage, potato, slices of Portuguese chorizo... And olive oil. Sounds delicious. I'd love some right now. Okay, we'll order some food for the match. Hello, can we have some Calder Verde, please? Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> we'll see you with Switzerland, Joel, after this. Okay, football is good. Football is fun. Football is there for everyone. I can't really be bothered to follow it properly, but I'll tell you one thing. I prefer it to broccoli. Switzerland. Now, last year I had Switzerland in the World Cup and uh, I, I think I sort of copped out a little bit. I sort of backed out and just uh, told you some funny team names. 
I think we were getting a bit sort of um, delirious by that point. We had done a lot of groups and a lot of teams. But today I'm going to tell you something serious. I'm going to tell you something interesting. And it's my Cristiano Rondigino. Did it right then, didn't I? Yeah. And I got excited and ran away from it. <laughs> Cristiano Rondigino about Switzerland. So last summer it was widely reported, Kyle, that when Switzerland took on Serbia, both Granit Xhaka and Jordan Shakiri made... Uh, overt political gestures in support of Albania. Do you remember? Yeah, like an eagle hand gesture, the fluttering eagle... fingers. Yes, because, um, well, so, and, and it was all kind of problematic and there was fighting and fining and it was all very difficult. And it's a difficult thing because basically uh, after the uh, conflict that ravaged the, the Balkans uh, through the 1990s, there were in Switzerland 500,000 refugees half a million refugees of variously ethnic Albanians, Bosniaks, Serbs, Croats and Macedonians who left Serbia, Montenegro, Macedonia, Bosnia-Herzegovina, Croatia and Slovenia. So Switzerland took the brunt of those refugees and that's why uh, Shakiri and Xhaka uh, were both uh, 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 making that gesture against Serbia because obviously conflict between Serbia and Albania or Kosovo back in the day and a lot of players in the Swiss national team and a lot of people within Swiss culture come because half a million people is a lot of people mm. uh, 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 come from that part of the world either they, they were either born in that part of the world and came with their refugee parents or their refugee p- parents uh, had them in Switzerland so this causes all kinds of problems in Switzerland with the political right wing. They constantly accuse naturalised players or children of refugees born in Switzerland of having divided loyalties. But having said that, it's undeniable that it makes the team more exciting. Mm. This Swiss team are on the verge of winning something. This major tournament. It's a mini tournament. It's a mini tournament. They're on the verge of winning something for the first time in their history. Oh, please win. They've never won anything. They even beat everybody's favourite dark horse team, Belgium, 5-2 in qualifying. That was a shock. Yes, a real shock. In fact, Switzerland being in, in the finals of anything is a shock. But more importantly, having just told you about those uh, kind of conflicts in Swiss politics and the right wing being unhappy about how many children of refugees or refugees are in the team. Hang on, I thought that Swiss people in general... A politically neutral. neutral. <laughs> what yeah. happened to this time? What happened to neutrality? The whole world has gone to the pieces. Oh, it really has. However, of the 14 goals they scored in qualifying for the UEFA Nations League final, all but three were from players who were either born to refugee immigrant parents or who were naturalised citizens born outside of Switzerland. Switzerland. That's a great stat, Isn't that a great stat? I think that's all the more reason to A, have as many refugees as you can get in your team, and B, follow Switzerland. Yeah, for this tournament. Yes. So that is my Cristiano Rondigino about Switzerland. Uh, And uh, I hope that you are currently writing that down. So in the pub, you can say half a million people. Well, Carl, why don't you do your... Before I go on for Lisbon Lion, Man of War and Portuguese Tarts... um, let me hear uh, the population of Switzerland. It's just over 8 million, Joel. Just over 8 million people. So, technically, Portugal should beat them on a population basis. That is how football works. Uh, so, Lisbon Lion. <laughs> yep. Speaking of uh, players from the Balkans, it's Harris Seferovic. He scored five goals in qualifying. He is their main source of goals up front. He's only 26 years old. He's a classic number nine, scores a lot of goals. And uh, I genuinely think if they're going to rely on anyone... Uh, to put the ball in the net, it will be him, Harris Seferovic. I've heard of him. He, I think he plays in Portugal. 
I believe so. So maybe this will be a tournament where he will feel at home. Uh, indeed. And also, as the son of refugees, he's good at feeling home in places where he wasn't necessarily always at home. There you go. There we go. There you go. He's Nailed made it. for this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Portuguese Man of War slash Wush Cannon. Who's going to be our Man of War? It's Granite Xhaka. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it's Granite Xhaka. Granite Xhaka, between 2014 and 2017, in club and international football, was sent off nine times. Nine times in three years. Wow. That's a, a world record. Not a great world record that you'd want to have. That's such a great factor. And if you're in the pub watching this game, yep. he's been sent off nine times in three years. Nine times. And the person will go, no, he hasn't. And then they'll look it up when they get home and be like, oh my oh, God, God, they were yeah. right. I don't know. Uh, the annoying thing is I couldn't find any up-to-date stats. So I don't know whether he's been sent off since 2017. Because if he's really cleaned up his act and, act and not been sent off since 2017, that's pretty good. That's no sendings off in two years. Whereas between 2014 and 2017, he was sent off nine times in three years. That's still, like, that's a, that's an even better quote. Did you know that once he was? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, if anyone is going to get sent off in one of these very important UEFA Nation League games and screw Switzerland out of their first ever title, it's Granite Xhaka. What a name. Granite? Of course he's a loosh cannon and his name's Granite. <laughs> Yeah, true. And finally, I don't think I've done Switzerland. I feel like I've I feel like the the best thing that's come out of the Nations League is me doing Switzerland justice after I really <laughs> didn't, didn't do a very good job reporting on them this time last year for the World Cup. To be fair to you, they have a better chance in this tournament. That tournament had thirty-two teams. This one's only got four. True, very true. So it's time for my not a bad looking man, and I'm going with Luis Benito. <laughs> Luis Benito. I've never even heard of him. He's a uh, he's uh, a very unusual Italian Swiss, uh, which is actually uh, the third uh, language spoken in Switzerland after French and German. Uh, there he is, Kyle. Describe what you're seeing. He's a defender. He plays for the infamous Young Boys Berlin club. Any he, thoughts? For your tastes, Joel. Yep. Ironically, he doesn't look like too much of a young boy. <laughs> Uh, he has got a look that I deplore, which is jet black hair with a, a, a sort of frosted bleach blonde effort on on the top quiff, which I actually had. Did you? When I was fourteen, I think I would see you. I can see it working. That was nineteen years ago. Well, he's rocking it now, and I am all for Luis Benito. He's he's a he's a handsome man. He's 27 years old, uh, and I think it, you check him out, listeners, and you tell me I'm wrong. Is he likely to pay? Yeah, to yeah, play? yeah, he will. He'll play. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a he's a starting defender. So Benito Bonito. Be, uh, bon, uh, Benito B E N I T O. But doesn't Bonito mean beautiful? Something like that. Something like that. In some language. Uh, you've nailed that, Carl. Welcome to the Nations of... League. Welcome <laughs> to Nations League. It's fun, fun, fun. And we'll have more of it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't you dare jump to that. We've got the national dish. Oh, sorry. I forgot. I thought that one of the things that when I was doing the research, I could end my section. No. <laughs> We've got a, a popular potato dish. Rusty. Rusty. Come on. Say it right. I've not been to Switzerland, Joel. It's Rusty. Okay, well then you can tell me what it is. It's uh, like grated potato, uh, sometimes with also grated onion, and then like deep fried into like crispy potato pancake style things. And in Swiss Germany, my mouth is watering, you have it with bratwurst, which is a veal sausage, and gravy. And when you order it, you say, uh, oh, I don't have to say I would like, but you say bratwurst mit Rusty, mit gravy. You genuinely say gravy. I think I'll have it without the gravy. I mean, it's an onion gravy on an onion dish. So we've got Calderverde versus Rushdie. 
uh, 10 million versus 8 million. It's <laughs> kicking off pretty in half an hour. You probably already know the results of this, listeners, so you've kind of missed your chance to tell uh, your friends in the pub any of these stats, but uh, any predictions, Kyle? Portugal 1, Switzerland 1. What happens if it's a draw? Extra time penalties. Oh my god, and penalties tonight, I'm excited! Uh, I will go with a draw as well, I'll say 2 all, Ronaldo to get none, João Felix to get two, Seferovic to get two, and it goes to penalties, and Switzerland get through to their first ever final of anything ever. And they will be playing the winners of the Netherlands versus England, which we will be talking about right after this. Did you enjoy that? This is the Absolute World, the end of season football bulletin. What you need to know to fill those end of season football holes in your repertoire. In the English Premier League, Man City finally won out, with Liverpool finishing in second and both teams collecting enough points to finish in the top three Premier League teams of all time. But holy cow, was it close. Three centimetres close to be exact. If Sergio Aguero's goal against Burnley had been but three centimetres less over the line, it wouldn't have counted and the title would have gone to the red side of Merseyside. In the Women's Super League, Arsenal won by seven points from their closest rivals Man City, who themselves managed to go the whole season only losing once to the champion Gunners. Talk about two horse races. In the top five European leagues, the same five teams retained their league titles. Manchester City, Paris Saint-Germain, Barcelona, Juventus and Bayern Munich. Did someone mention Stranglehold? Vegan FC update! Forest Green Rovers came so close to promotion, but lost in the playoff semi-finals to Tramir Rovers. So it's another season of vegan pies for the away fans of League Two next year. And finally, in the most memorable of Champions League competitions of all time, Comeback Kings Liverpool beat Comeback Kings Tottenham 2-0 to win their sixth trophy. The rather dull game was mostly enlivened by Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp's rendition of Salt and Pepper's infamous track, Let's Talk About Sex, with the word sex changed to sixth. A song for the terraces next season? We think not. And that was this week's absolute worldy end of season football bulletin. What you need to know to fill those end of season football shaped holes in your repertoire. So, as we just discussed, Portugal Switzerland kicks off tonight, but tomorrow, the other semi final. The one that everyone cares about. England versus the Netherlands. Huge game. I'm going to talk to you about England. Yeah, you are. Bring it on. Okay. England's Lisbon Lion. Who do you think it is? Oh, there's so many options. Uh, It's not going to be Harry Kane. I'm going to say Raheem Raheem. It is Raheem. I've gone for Raheem. Now, do we like Raheem too much? I think possibly on this podcast we could be accused of favouritism when it comes to Raheem Sterling. I don't care. No, neither do I. Let's just continue to be absolutely biased towards Raheem. We... Backed him for the World Cup. We liked him. Yep. Didn't go his way. Noir. This season, Stella. Stella Sterling. 25 goals, <laughs> 14 assists. Unbelievable. And that was just for Man City, Joel. What a season. What a man, both on the pitch and off the pitch. He has come of age. I like him way too much. But more crucially for this tournament, Joel, this season for England, post-World Cup, six goals, two assists. I mean, he's just... Yeah, no, I, I can't see beyond him. I think that's a great shout as a Lisbon Lion. He will be that fourth lion roaring on a shirt. Well, last summer, we knew Kane would do well. He did very well. This summer, mm. I don't think he's going to score. I don't. Think, I mean, I, I sort of don't think he should play. He's not fit. He came back for the Champions League final. He'd been out for about four or five weeks. It didn't work. It didn't work. 
he still has a use to the England team. He's a wonderful player at holding up play and bringing other players in. So with Sancho on one side, Sterling on the other. I don't know, man. I just would, I'd drop him. Sterling. It's all about Sterling. Exciting for Sterling. Exciting to see him and Sancho playing in tandem. Jaden Sancho. We've spoken about a little bit about him. 17 years old. Was he turned 18 now? I think he's 18 now. And he plays for Borussia Dortmund. He's had another wonderful season. I, Kane's in the past. <laughs> oh, you, it's over for Kane. It's over for Kane. It's the Sterling and Sancho show. Okay. Well, I've got a quote from Sterling. Okay. We need to leave that mentality behind. Which that, one? That whole see how it goes thing. That one. There's no point in me missing uh, my holiday this summer to go away with England to see how it goes. No, I'm going there to try to win. Not in a rude or arrogant way. <laughs> now, what makes me sad about that quote is he still has to say at the end, I'm not being rude or arrogant. No, I mean, but it's Sterling, so everyone all jumps on everything he ever says and treats it like a... He's rude and arrogant. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so... Let's hope for the best for Raheem. I could see him scoring some goals. Maybe not Maybe not in this. I think this game's going to be quite tight. But if we get to the final, it could finally be his time. Against the Portuguese or the Swiss. You think so? To take the mantle. Oh, Sterling versus Ronaldo. That'll be fun. He's still young. He's still really to come into his peak. But I feel this season, it might be as good as he's going to get. Yep, I can see that. Okay, I'm going to move on to my Portuguese tart. (laughs) No, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'll stick with that. Uh, two of the new boys. Oh! Now, Joel, do you remember last summer? There yeah. was the World Cup, but there was also another thing that everyone loved. Uh, Love Island. It was Love Island. So let's talk about these two new boys to the villa. Callum Wilson. <laughs> and your man, Ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell. Chilwell's like a really good name for Love Island, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. He chills like, well. Exactly, he chills well. Um, so, Callum, Callum Wilson, uh, a backup to Harry Kane, is a number nine. He's your well-bought-up gentleman with abs of steel. <laughs> your mum would approve. But Ben... He's quite tatted for, for a mum, mother's boy. Yeah, but these days they're all tatted. Everyone's got tats. Um, ben is like your new money sandwich ent- entrepreneur. <laughs> is that what he looks like? Yeah, over-preened. I think his over-preened hair <laughs> is disguising a broken heart, maybe. Which entrepreneur I don't understand. Well, you would if you watch Love Island. Oh, okay, fine. Anyway, fireworks. Expect fireworks from these two. Yep. If you're if you're dating them, who do you prefer? Uh, those two as a as a good looking lad. Yeah. As not a bad looking man. Uh, Callum. I think he's very handsome. Yeah. We're going to move on to the man of war, the Loosh Cannon. It is. The goalkeeper, Jordan Pickford. Him of the red face and the slight stature. No, we love him. He's an England legend already. Sure, Pickford. He's even the artwork for our podcast. He is, yeah. But he he didn't do so well this season. In terms of saves in the Premier League, Mm. domestic season, he was in the bottom half, 14th. Wow. Bearing in mind his club finished 8th. Wow. So he's he's dragging his club down. But in terms of clean sheets, he was in the top 6. In fact, Uh. I think he was 4th. Okay, well, that's not so bad. So I think that tells you maybe he had a season of two halves and Everton did sort of have a season of two halves. Or, or that he, well, in games when they're under no threat, he keeps a clean sheet and then when they are under threat, he doesn't save it. Look, stat smacks, Joel. <laughs> Just think back to the Merseyside derby. Yeah. And that flap. Yeah. I mean, oh. it was the oddest, most ridiculous goal ever. The ball bouncing twice on the crossbar. Oh, he's such a hothead. He, he's just not that good. 
He's, he was a. Uh, I think he was a. Uh, it was. They called it too soon with Pickford. Oh, he's going to be the England number one for ten years. Uh, ugh, no. I think you're right. I think he's a hothead. I think he could be a loose cannon. <laughs> and this might be the summer that we all move on from Pickford. Yeah, pick another one. Oh no, it was a removals joke. Oh, I got it. It was a big company. I just got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, flip. Cristiano Ronaldo, did you know about England? Hit me. <laughs> okay, so Sterling, as I said, scored six goals internationally this this season, post mm. World Cup, including a hat trick against Czech Republic. But can you tell me England's last five hat trick heroes? No, I cannot. Go for it. <laughs> okay, Shearer. No. Uh, oh, Walcott. Yes. Uh, against Croatia. Rooney. No. Owen. Yes, Colombia. Uh, um, help me out. Tall. Crouch against Jamaica and one more <laughs> Jamaica. Um, Short. Oh, Darius Vassell. Jermaine Defoe. Oh, Jermaine Defoe. Okay, another uh, good stat for you. For you, in, you're in the pub. You're watching the England game. You want to say something a bit insightful? You can say something like this. What about the players that aren't here, eh? <laughs> yeah. That's always a good one because yeah. we were like, yeah, who then? Now, these are some of the names from last summer that are missing. That Some of them you won't miss. Some of them you are missing. Sure. No Jamie Vardy. He's having a party. No Welbeck. Who cares? No uh, Gary Cahill. No Phil Jones. No Ashley Young. Uh, no loss. No loss there. But Trippier got cut. Trippier did get cut. Uh, Harry Winks is out. Yep. But the two I'm suggesting you bring up. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Callum Hudson-Odoi. The two young Chelsea boys. Absolutely. They're both injured crocs. They're going to be out maybe to the new year. And I think maybe you should try this line in the pub. Just take a little sippy drink. I tell you what, TAA is definitely missing his hyphen, brothers. That's such a niche football joke. Do you want to explain it? Oh, listeners, no, just leave it. Let it hang out there. Say it again so people can memorise it. I tell you what, mate. TAA is really missing his hyphen, brothers. Oh, God. TAA yeah. being Trent Alexander. Don't, don't explain it. It's brilliant as a standalone bollocks line okay and final one population 56 million <laughs> national dish national now this is contentious chicken tikka masala that is what everyone says but joel in brexit times <laughs> it's been overtaken we brexiting from chicken tikka masala a few years ago it was sunday roast and now it's gone back to bangers and mash oh i'll stick with the curry thanks let's move on to the dutch shall we yeah i'll do some dutch after this that's right i don't know nothing about football but I love my friends, so I watch you for them. Kickball with football, yeah. Let's go Dutch. Why, 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 why does that mean split the bill? I don't have an answer to that, by the way. I think it's something to do with uh, pre-Second World War. I'm not, I don't know. I'm just no, going to make no. that up. Yeah, I mean, I've not a clue. Listeners, tweet us. And also, what's a Dutch oven? I mean, I know what it is, but where did that come from? And why is it double Dutch? Questions, questions. <laughs> Who's got the answers? Certainly not me. None of that came up in my research. So, uh, let's just crack on, shall we? Let's crack on. Uh, where do you want to start? Your choice. I want to start with a loose cannon. A loose cannon? I'll tell you who it's going to be. It's ex-Man United forward slash winger, now uh, plying his trade for Lyon in the French Ligue 1. It's Memphis Depay. He likes to be known as Memphis. Well, I'd said Memphis. I know, but it's like Deli Alley. It's like a disavowal from his Oh, he's lost the uh, Depay. Just yeah. says Memphis. Yeah. Um, I, uh, well, so look, Memphis Depay, undeniable skill, lots going on. 
uh, exciting winger. He had his big money transfer to United. It didn't work out. He went to Lyon. And the thing with Memphis Depay is he has absolutely no humility. So here is a story from this year. I know some of the old stories. I'm really happy to hear a new one. Oh, this is great. So this is from late 2018. So this year in football. So Depay was dropped for Lyon's 2-1 win at Angers in October 2018. But after coming off the bench to score the winning goal in that 2-1 win, he berated the Lyon coach Bruno Genesio. He said, I do not always feel like I am a player who is respected. I do the job each time. I have to accept the decisions of the coach, but I deserve more than this and I should be playing every match. Right? So that's good. Always good to uh, uh, bitch about your coach. He didn't go to Leon to be a bench player, Joe. No, he did not. So his disgruntlement was obvious all day, apparently. He sat on the team bus sulking while his teammates went into the ground and he neglected to play a full part in the warm-up, preferring to sit on a ball while the rest of the squad prepared for the game. Crossly sucking his thumb. (laughs) Uh, Apparently he'd already annoyed his teammates earlier in that week when he reacted to a Hoffenheim equaliser in the Champions League by shouting at his colleagues, even though he'd already been substituted after playing pretty badly. Uh, So, not good. So then, the squad gathered a few days after this 2-1 win at Angers, and Genesio apparently laid into Depay, and I have a quote here. How the hell they got this quote, I don't know, but it's great. Here we go. I want to apologise to Memphis. I want to apologise for all the times you were late. To apologise for all the kit that you wear that does not belong to the club. To apologise for the way that you conducted yourself during the warm-up against Angers. Your lateness and your lack of effort. If you want to have a great career, you must have humility. And apparently, according to uh, wherever I got this report from, uh, the dressing room responded with near universal approval. So if he doesn't get his way uh, against England, uh, who knows what the response will be. He may well sit on the ball and sulk. Or shout at people. Do you think that being with his uh, Dutch sort of countrymen is a, is a, some sort of uh, comfort to him and he behaves differently? I think he likes the idea that he's a very, very successful footballer. And so when he's playing against Angers in Ligue 1 and he's not starting, he responds badly. If he starts, which he almost certainly will against England, he won't behave like this. You would have thought, but uh, that's not to stop him being a Luz Can and a man of war. I'm expecting a... If he does score... A sort of a celebration which includes pointing at himself saying it's all me, me, me. Yes. A la Jamie Vardy. Yes, exactly. It's all me. It's all Memphis. It's all Memphis all of the time. I'm walking in Memphis. Walking, I was waiting. Walking with my blue suede shoes 10 feet off a beal. That will be the back page of so many papers <laughs> on Friday. If if he has even if he scores anything. Yeah, very true. Uh, so yes, yeah, so he is my luge cannon. Uh, my not a bad looking man. Portuguese tart over here is Martin Darun. Yes. He's got lodges and he looks like a young Yang Vertonghen. To the non footballing uh, fan listeners, very chilled. Compared him to another footballer. <laughs> Useful. <laughs> I've written in my notes, having written Martin Darun, uh, go on, Kyle, have a go at me for my taste in men again. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, go on, Kyle, have a go at pronunciating. Martin Darun. Pronunciating. I think it's Darun. 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 R-O-O-N. Martin, though, not Martin. Martin Dural. I don't know. Rune. Just say Rune. Let's just say Rune. Anyway, I think he's a, he's not a bad-looking guy. He's quite young-looking and he's got big ears, but so what? If that does it for you, then you're going to be into Martin. Lisbon Lion. Speaking of putting E's in names that could be pronounced with A's, 
It's Frankie de Jong! Frankie de Jong? We Everyone. spoke about him before. We have spoken about Frankie de Jong. And so, just like Ajax and soon-to-be Barcelona will next season uh, with Frankie de Jong, all of Holland's play goes through him. He's the linchpin of their midfield. When he plays, they play. Uh, is an undeniable shout for Lisbon Lion listeners. And if you want to say that in the pub, you can quote me on it. You can say, Frankie, well, he's the linchpin. That's Li- really good. Yep. Thank you very much. So, Christia Rondigino. Um, I'm going to surprise you, Kyle. Normally with these Diginos, I'm all about the, uh, you know, uh, interesting political facts and all that malarkey. Sure. I'm going to talk entirely about football. Great. So if you want to skip forward like four minutes, listeners, that's fine. Don't do it that. It won't be four minutes. So, the Dutch. The Dutch football. Total football. Johan Cruyff. The most beautiful football there is. All the things that we know about Dutch football. Am I right, Kyle? I've heard the words Johan Cruyff. I knew... I'd heard them before I knew they referred to an actual person. Yep, because he so defines a certain type of football, a certain type of passing, a certain type of skill, a certain type of attitude about attacking free-flowing football. Is he, in inverted commas, total football? Is he that is him? total football. His Dutch team... With the team, him, Nieskins and other people, they were total football. However, whilst qualifying for Euro 2016, the Dutch finished fourth behind Iceland, Turkey and the Czech Republic and failed to qualify for Euro 2016. I remember. Terrifying, terrifying for such a, a footballing nation as Holland. Two years later, the Dutch failed to qualify for the World Cup, coming third behind France and Sweden in qualification. And suddenly panic set in. So this is football is a is akin to a religion in Holland and they are this this the sort of arbiters of what is skillful and what is good football and they had failed to qualify for back to back tournaments. Furthermore, if you go back to somewhere like 1989, four of the top five Ballon d'Or players were Dutch: Van Basten, Hullet, Rijkaard, and Kerman. In 2018, there was not a single Dutchman in the top 30 players. Voted best in the world. Not even Memphis. Not even Memphis. Walking with his. But well, that would change this season, I think, in 2019. I can think of at least three players. Well, get, don't ruin the. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so this sort of land of Cruyff and Van Basten and Bergkamp, these scintillatingly skillful players, seemingly gone, seemingly era ended. Dutch football no longer up there at the top. Teams that had recently got to the World Cup final only uh, eight years ago uh, before they decided to kick Spain really hard and looked sort of quite... That was a different de Jong, wasn't it? That was a different de Jong. That's a very football-related niche piece of knowledge there. Well, we just talked about Frankie de Jong. That was Nigel de Jong. Nigel. Who kicked someone in the face in the World Cup final. But anyway, basically, Holland destroyed. And then, Kyle, this season, Ajax. The coming of Ajax, the amazing Ajax, back to the scintillatingly beautiful new era of football. We've spoken about them on the podcast recently. Uh, They're playing the most stylish, delightful football. Delictful, some might say. That's wonderful. Thank you, Matthias Delict, of course. We've got some great to pay back for the... Yeah, it doesn't work. Um, But yes, they are are an an astonishing football team. The way they play is absolutely beautiful. Uh, and they have, at the same time as they've come up, Holland have started to play again. They are—they uh, have um, qualified against all expectations. They managed to beat um, uh, both Germany and France to get here. Wow. They are 
playing again. Frankie de Jong, as I say, is the linchpin. Memphis Depay plays in the centre. Quincy Promes plays on the right. And uh, a resurgent 32-year-old Ryan Babel plays on the left. Um, although he might get dropped in, in favour of uh, PSV's Steven Bergwijn, who might be going out b- back to Ajax, in fact. Uh, the defenders, Virgil van Dijk and Matthias de Ligt, has got to be one of the best centre-back pairings in world football. This season, 100%. Yep. Uh, you could say that they don't play as attractive football as Ajax because Ajax have Ziyech, Tadic and Neres, as we know, as we've spoken about before. But Holland, you know, they are they are being modelled in Ajax's image. They play the same kind of high press. They've got Wijnaldum, who plays for Liverpool, who've just won the Champions League in central midfield. Uh, they've got Martin Darun, obviously, as I've said, the uh, attractively big-eared man who's a tough-tackling centre midfielder. Um, but they might even drop him and play Donny van der Beek. My favourite. Van der Beek. Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, it, it's an exciting time to be a Dutch football fan, which is really interesting because the fact is they've got to this point into the semi-final against England, having really rediscovered their mojo, having really lost it. To not For a, one of the major teams in world football to not qualify for two back-to-back international tournaments is huge. Um, very rarely does it happen. And before this season, the Dutch FA report issued a report called Winners of Tomorrow, which they demanded a change to young players' winning mentality. There was a call for a foreign coach for the national team and for obsolete old Cruyffian principles to be abandoned. Cruyffian? Yeah. And apparently, that's completely off the table now, Ajax's season uh, combined with Holland qualifying for the UEFA Nations League has completely changed that. So, my Cristiano Rondigino fact is Dutch football seemed to be uh, in the toilet and now it is very much being fished out of the bowl and placed back into the uh, higher echelons of world football. And that's interesting in, in terms of this particular tete-a-tete. England, their um, FA chairman, uh, the one before this one, Greg Dyke, famously said, England should be looking to win the World Cup by 2022 and to win the Euros by 2020. Everyone laughed his face. They laughed in his face. They said, Greg, you're mad. And then last summer, everyone started to believe in England again. Yeah. Now everyone's believing in Holland at the same time. One of the, They can't both win, Joel. They can't both win. Who do you think is going to win? Oh, I don't know. There's 17 million people in Holland who can't be wrong, can they? Oh, and what are they eating as their national dish? I've forgotten. You told me off air. I'll tell you what I had. I had just the other day. I tried for the first time. Profages. What are the profages? They're like tiny little pancakes that you have with butter and uh, a bit of salt. What was the thing? No, not salt. Butter and a bit of... Salted butter and a bit of powdered sugar. Delicious. Delish. Well, let's go with that as a natural dish because I can't remember what it actually is. Oh, I'd like to do with some of them now. Something pot. Profages. No, something pot. The thing... Oh, Stampot. Stampot, that's it. Stampot. Uh, Carl, I'll edit this better. Carl, oh, the natural dish you asked me about, it's just Stampot. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Let's just stick with the properties. <laughs> properties. Uh, I think Holland will win. I think uh, that midfield of Frankie de Jong and Donny van der Beek is uh, scintillating and exciting. So I will go with a Holland 3-1 win. I'm going to go with a 2-2 in normal time. 3-3 in extra time. Penalties. Pickford to save again. Wow, the hot-headed Pickford, who you've just said is probably England's luge cannon to, to get them through to the final of the Nations League. So just League. to remind our listeners, those hot young Dutch names to remember. Frankie de Jong and Donny van der Beek. And of course, if you want some sexy times, it's Martin de Roo. And what about the guy at the back? Uh, the guy at the back? Matthias? Oh, Matthias Delict. It's Delictful. Delictful. And that was a Delictful 
Pod, what a wonderful time we've had today. Yes, let's let's we call it there. I think we should. Let's call it there. Listeners, we hope you watch the UEFA Nations League. We'll be watching. Uh, we'll be watching the final and the third place playoff, which take place on Sunday as well. Uh, we won't be doing a podcast about them because after this, listeners, we're going all in on the Women's World Cup. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Bring it on. We will be seeing you very, very, very soon. And it'll be our first preview of a Women's World Cup group. See you so soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. That was the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast by Kyle Ross and Joel Samuels with theme music by Adam Janoj Bozowski and Amar Chada Patel. Absolute Worldy is dedicated to the memory of Liam Seeger, who designed our beautiful logo. Please do remember to like, share, subscribe, give us a rating, and follow us at Worldy Podcast. Goodbye. It's fun, fun, fun. It's the UEFA Nations League. The UEFA? I'm just getting my mouth warmed up. Oh, should have done that before we went on the air. Tip of the tongue and the teeth and the lips.